The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Now, we all seem to get inundated with email, yet we still keep hearing that email marketing is a very effective way to reach our prospects, to reach our customers. How can that be if every time you talk to somebody, they're saying, I get too much email? (laughs) Well, here today is Jessica Best. She's one part massive email, social media, and online marketing nerd, and one part permission marketing evangelist. She acts as a strategic consultant and subject matter expert for brands, corporations, and nonprofits across the country, and she's led trainings and spoken in front of audiences that range anywhere from a dozen to several hundred people, from Wichita to New York City to South by Southwest Interactive in Austin. And Jessica's primary role is as digital marketing evangelist and content marketing manager for Influence, which is where she implements the best practices that she preaches for Influence's own marketing strategy. And today, she's here to talk with us about how to use those email marketing campaigns to become messages that your clients and prospects actually look forward to getting. Welcome Mm. to the show today, Jessica. Thanks so much, Kelly. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about Influence just to get us started off here today. What do you, what do, you do there and, and what does the company do? Sure. So I actually started with Influence um, as the marketing manager for Influence. So I started doing a lot of digital marketing for a digital marketing agency. Uh, that grew into I became an, a natural early adopter of um, social media. So as I was... Moving sort of into the email marketing world, I'd done email marketing for a few years and actually really liked it. I might be one of the few true at heart email marketing nerds. Um, I I became an early adopter of social media, and so it became natural for me to do uh, education, training, speaking, uh, and client consulting for email marketing and social media. So now I get to work with some of the brands that Influence calls clients and also speak at conferences, like you mentioned. So um, really my main job is learn as much as I can, as fast as I can, and then sort of share that knowledge with our clients and our prospects and the world. So okay. I'm excited to have to have today to talk to you guys about it. So you truly are an evangelist in that sense. So like I said, we're getting all this email. I mean, we get a sea of email. Yeah. Why is email marketing so considered a relevant marketing tool? You know, um, it's a question that I get almost every time I speak with someone. And the truth is no effective channel is ever going to go unpolluted, right? You're always going to get spam in the best channels because they've proven to work. So just like TV or um, Hulu now has has taken the – we're not going to advertise, oh, wait, we're going to advertise a little, but we're going to make it really relevant. Um, email has kind of gone that way, where you're going to get plenty of stuff that isn't relevant to you, but the best stuff is because email marketing has the benefit of being really targeted. You can use direct marketing tactics, the old school, I know this about you, so I can send you this. Kelly may have just bought a shampoo. We know when to send her an advertisement for a conditioner. All of that can come into play because I'm sending something directly to you, so it can be relevant. I can also send it exactly when you need it, which 
which is a little sneaky, but most people appreciate that 30-day reminder to refill something or uh, a two-week reminder to review a product that they ended up really liking or really not liking. So email has its benefit in that you are sending from your brand directly to your consumer or your product or your evangelist, your advocate. Um, And that has infinite benefits because we're no longer just sort of sending into the sea. We actually get to target our message to each individual person. And better yet, on the back end, we get a whole lot of metrics. (laughs) So I I actually kind of got addicted to email marketing because once I sent an email, I could hit that refresh button and say, ooh, this really worked for Mary, but Kelly isn't responding at all, right? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the fun thing about email marketing for me is the metrics on the back end. And I think that's part of why we sort of talk about, you know, email marketing still gets a $28 return on investment for every $1 you spend. Well, you're measuring everything, right? If it doesn't work, you do something different. And it's still an extremely cost effective. It's not free. It's not even really cheap anymore. But it is a lot more cost effective than some of the more traditional media. And email kind of straddles that line between traditional media now and emerging cool media. So um, it's been a fun, it's been a fun arena to stay in and, and learn more about. So yeah, that, that's an interesting point that you make there, that it's actually becoming a part of traditional right. media. It's straddling that line. It really, you don't, we don't feel like it's been around that long right. because uh, things are evolving so quickly these days that it, it truly is becoming considered a, a, Old a tried and true. Yeah, some, something that's been about, around for a while. Yeah. Now, another thing that you talked about was being able to target. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that it strikes me that you have to be able to do as an email marketer before you can do anything is to gain people's trust. So they'll mm-hmm. even look at what you're trying to talk to them about. How, how do you do that when you're not there in person, they can't see you, they can't necessarily hear your voice? I, I realize you can, you can impart voice through written words, but sure. how do you gain that trust that you sometimes have a better uh, possibility of doing or maybe faster in an in-person situation. Sure. And I think, and I, I could have paid you to ask that question because one uh-huh. of my, my big things in email marketing is it only works if you have permission. There are a million ways to do email marketing. I think there are quite a few ways to do it well, but one of my big sort of soapbox speeches is around you have to get people's permission. Email marketing isn't like your mailbox. If you don't like your mail, you put it in the recycle bin. If you don't like your email, you can complain. You can call that person spam. So not only do you not have that person's trust, you're actually harming the email sender's ability to send email to the world. I mean, if if enough people call an email sender spam, well, you know, Yahoo and Gmail are keeping they're, they're keeping a tally. And if enough people say it, they say, well, those people think you're spam. We're definitely not going to deliver you to those people. But the more people say that you are, the more we think we're just going to send you the junk box. Or worse, send you nowhere at all. So the sort of dirty secret of email marketing is that just because you send it doesn't mean it has to go anywhere. So, yeah, that one's that one's tough. <laughs> that the art of deliverability, the art of getting into the inbox is a little bit tricky and it starts with asking permission. You can get somebody's permission by providing value. You promise value, you set expectations well. How often are you going to email? What is that email going to include? Is it going to take a lot of my time or is it going to be really useful? That type of promise needs to happen at subscribe. And then guess what? You have to fulfill on that promise. Otherwise, they have an unsubscribe button. And again, unlike maybe a a previous direct marketing tactic like direct mail, they can sort of 
get on a list to not be sent. Really, a one-click unsubscribe for email marketing is unmatched. You have to have, earn, and keep permission with your email marketing list. And the best way to do that is to remain relevant, which we know we can do really well, targeting and segmenting our audience, um, mm-hmm. and, and pro- provide value if it's uh, free education or discounts, right? So why do you sign up for an email club for a restaurant? Because they offer you discounts or give you Absolutely. a free meal on your birthday. So um, there is value there. We now have to earn that audience. And social media has even taken that even further, right? Not only do you earn your audience, but social media has borrowed from email that you have to keep that audience by continually providing value. You know, you, yeah. you can't even get to half your Facebook audience these days unless you pay for ads. So keeping that value every time you send builds up that trust that you're talking about. Okay, so let's let's go back to permission for just a minute here. Sure. When you talk about getting permission, we're talking about opting in, right? Uh-huh. Exactly right. Okay, so there are a couple of schools of thought. One is that you just you have a list, you send it out, you provide an opt-in uh, area of your email newsletter, an opt or excuse me, an opt-out mechanism. If they don't like it, okay, I'll send it to them once. If they don't like it, they can opt out, and they'll never hear from me again. And others say no. You don't just send it to the list and put it on them to opt out. You need to have a mechanism whereby they actually opt in, and some of it Correct. is double opt-in. Can you go through those different situations with us and explain the pros and cons or sure, sure. best practices? Yeah, So, um, and you actually you kind of renamed it the way that I would name it, which is um, the first tactic, just saying I'll email everybody and they can opt out if they don't want it. Or I would even say I'm going to have them fill out a form and I'm going to pre-check the box that says that I'm going to send them email to. Maybe I'll make the, the font really small, or maybe I'll put that over to the side. That's actually called opt-out. And I would – it is permission-based. You are getting their permission, but it's kind of tricky. It's kind of uh, – you know, if that person has not taken an action to opt-in, the possibilities of them saying – what is this? I didn't sign up for this. And saying this is spam or clicking the, the complain button is higher. So really, you're, you're kind of playing a dangerous game because with opt out, yes, you have that person's email address and you could send to them. And, and we know that email is very effective, right? Uh, so we might just send to everybody and say that they can unsubscribe if they want. Well, two things. One, if they don't expect it, it's funny, the legal definition of spam is if I unsubscribe and you keep sending to me, you must be a spammer. Mm-hmm. The consumer's definition of spam is, I don't want this, it's irrelevant to me, or I didn't sign up for this, which is funny because they may have signed up for it and just didn't remember. But it happens that, all the time. Yes, yeah. it's that perception of, you're, you're coming at me in my, in my personal inbox, and I didn't let you in, I didn't invite you in. So instead, the opt-in, the user takes an action to opt into that list, and that's one of two ways. Either you go to the all these Thinking Bigger Business Media website, and the, the first thing you see is, do you want to sign up for our emails? I, I can say no thank you, or I can take the action, fill out a couple of fields of information, and get re- highly relevant emails to my inbox once a week. Uh, <laughs> so that, thank that's, you for that plug. No problem. Uh, that action of I have to give you the information. You don't assume the information. I have to give you the information for that purpose is an explicit opt-in. And the other way you can do that is, um, you know, maybe during checkout, I might be uh, signing up for – maybe I'll go back to shampoo. I'm buying shampoo on on a website, and – I can also sign up to receive exclusive email offers on a regular basis, or I can tailor which newsletter I want through that form, but none of the boxes for email are pre-checked. 
they're all unchecked, and I can select which newsletters or which offer letters I want to get on a regular basis. Maybe I can even select how often I want to get it. So that's opt-in. That's explicit permission. The third one, I love that you mentioned this, and not many people still do this. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why in a second, is the double opt-in process. And that is you go to the Thinking Bigger Business Media website, and you sign up for email. You're not on the list yet. I'm going to send you an initial email and that, that screen that I'm on that says, thanks, we, we've got your email address. We've just sent you an email, and you have to do one more thing to confirm your subscription. Go find our email and click the link to confirm. The reason behind this is that if the, the, the email may go nowheresville, right? We talked a little bit about you can go to the inbox, you can go to the junk box, and then you can mm-hmm. go nowhere. So if you're going nowhere, you've just signed up somebody that can't get your email. Maybe their junk filter is set too high, um, something like that. Or you've just sent an email to somebody's junk box, and the possibility that they're going to go fish it out every week or every month is unlikely, unless at the moment that they sign up, they're very eager to get your newsletter. You've provided a promise of value to them. You say, you may need to check your junk folder on this first email from us, if it's the first email that you're ever receiving from Thinking Bigger Business Media, for example. So. Mm-hmm. That moment that they've signed up, they may still be sitting at their desk. They can go fish in their junk folder, move you to the inbox, and maybe even add you to their safe senders list. And that greatly increases the probability that you're going to get to the inbox going forward. I mean, greatly increases because right, that safe right. senders list is sort of the, the law. So um, the downside, of course, is that you are not going to grow your list as fast because you're not signing up everybody that says they want to. An opt-in is an explicit permission. You have that person's interest and permission that the people you're cleaning out are, oops, I mistyped my email address. I never got the email, so I can't confirm. And, and that's good to keep off of your list, too, but most email service providers will help you keep your, your list sort of cleansed of those. But really, you're, you're not adding people that you're not delivering to. So if they never get that first email, you're never going to have this person that's been on your list for three years and has never opened an email because <laughs> they haven't been getting it. So... <clears throat> That's kind of the the idea is that you grow slower, but 100% of the people on your list have had at least one engagement with your mm-hmm. email. So you're you're trying to get only the best quality list. Right. They're going to be yeah. They're going to be more inclined to open. It doesn't matter if you've got 6,000 on your list and only a thousand of them really care about it. It's better to have those thousand than the other 5,000 that you're paying to send to that aren't doing anything. So. Exactly right. Jessica, we need to take a break here from our sponsor, Benedictine College. When we get back, I want to talk with Jessica a little bit about the legalities of spamming, uh, what that can cost your business, as well as a couple of best practices that you can put into practice right away after you get done listening today. And then you've got a user conference coming up that we want to hear about, too. So uh, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You want real results. You want your efforts to count for something. And you don't have time to waste. We understand. That's why the Executive MBA program at Benedictine College is the program more than 400 alums say help them accelerate their careers and enhance their approach to management and leadership. You're ready immediately to contribute to your organization's success. We invite you to check out benedictine.edu slash EMBA to learn more about our program and what it has to offer. Your product outshines the competition, so why aren't you outselling them? You're meeting sales projections, but the bottom line just isn't what it should be. Technology is changing rapidly and impacting your ability to perform. Something needs to change, but you just can't put your finger on what. I'm Patrick Shore, your host at The Hut, where we tackle these and other issues. 
The hut is a safe place where we can explore what it takes to not only stay in front of the competition, but make it irrelevant. So come on in, kick off your shoes, and join the conversation every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio Network. The hut, your path to a stronger, thriving, profitable business. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting today with Jessica Best. She is the digital marketing and social media evangelist at Influence. And she's been talking with us today about how to use email marketing campaigns to reach your prospects and your customers, how to gain their trust, how to avoid some of the mistakes. And we were talking before we went to break, Jessica, about how to gain people's permission and the different opt-in and opt-out mechanisms and options that there are. What I'd like for you to address now that I still don't think some people really get is the kind of legal trouble you can really get into if you spam people, if you do not take what might seem like a lot of trouble to do the things that you mentioned before we went to break, but if you don't, what, what can happen to a company? Well, uh, money, money in jail, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, and can spam has been around since 2003, but in 2008 they sort of tweaked to, to course correct for some of the industry. And really, the biggest beneficiaries of the 2008 corrections were small and growing businesses because at the time, 2003, really email was built for the big companies. They were built for data bohemians sending lots and lots of information out, and they were built for for you know people who had the structure in place already. Well, in 2008, one of the big things, and CanSpam is made up basically of five pieces, but one of the big things that changed in 2008, and I'll make this my first point, is um, you can now use a postal box, a P.O. box, as your mailing address. So Uh think about the small businesses that were unable to send legal mail because they didn't have a physical mailing address. And the reasoning behind that in 2003 was you should be able to opt out of somebody's email address without clicking on a link in case it's spam. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody, by the way, has used this tactic to my knowledge, but since 2003, they've required that we have a physical address, either mailing or postal, um, on every email that goes out from a marketer. So um, probably as a marketer, you're okay with that. You want to accurately identify yourself, which is point number two. You want to be clear in your intent in the email. So uh, the subject line can't say, free puppies if you open this email. You have to actually deliver free puppies. Um, <laughs> the subject line might say, register to win a free puppy, or more likely, mm-hmm. register to win a TV details inside, something like that. So just being really clear, uh, truth in advertising type of thing. Um, accurately identify yourself. Again, why a marketer wouldn't want to do this? I'm, I'm sort of baffled. But um, the from name should always be very clear. You should know who you're receiving email from. The from email address should be clear. I hate the no reply at because oh, yeah. that, that is no one. If you, if you don't want your customers and prospects to email you back, you might be doing things wrong. Um, so the no reply at gets a little fuzzy. It's not illegal. A lot of companies do it. Yeah, they don't but want why to... bother? Exactly. Right. Exactly right. Um, and then the other big ones is you have to have an unsubscribe mechanism. And there's all kinds of funny lengths of time. You have to unsubscribe somebody within 10 days. Okay. Most unsubscribe mechanisms are going to happen through your email delivery tool, your email service provider, like an influence or a MailChimp or a Constant Contact. And they're going to immediately unsubscribe that person because it's actually doing damage to your sender reputation, you're going to have a harder time getting to the inbox if a whole lot of people are unsubscribing and still getting your email. So exactly. that, that law sort of was formed to help us form some of the best practices now that we, we keep 
ready for, at the ready for our industry uh, professionals. The one that's kind of up for, for definition, and, and so I'll just go over them real quick. We've got can spam 2003, unsubscribe. You have to have an unsubscribe mechanism. You have to accurately identify yourself. You have to fit, have a, a mailing address somewhere on the email. Don't commit fraud. That's just sort of a good rule right. of thumb. And then the fifth one's kind of funny because even my CEO and I a little bit disagree on this. Harvesting is a practice in the industry that is uh, you might go to a website that lists, for example, all of the board members of the Kansas City uh-huh. Direct Marketing Association. Mm-hmm. And you would scrape those email addresses off of the board meet the board page, and you would automatically add them to your email list. That is not bueno. It's not a good idea anyway, especially after all we've talked about, about getting people's permission. But it's actually, I I would call that illegal on its own. Um, Dave's definition has been a little bit more set by precedent, which is that most actual legal cases have been for spammers, people who are already sending uh, not taking people off that unsubscribe or not having an unsubscribe link in their email. And then that fine or that jail time is then exacerbated mm-hmm. by harvesting, if you can prove that sure. that person was harvesting. Yeah. So so very heavy um, uh, or very hefty fines as yeah. well as jail time yeah. can be the result of spamming and uh, just don't do it. Don't exactly. Do it. Bingo. Use, use the pre- now, I want to make sure we get in the user conference. You have that sure. coming up at the end of June. Uh, tell us what the user conference is, who should attend, and what they can expect when they attend. And, of sure. course, how to register. Oh, well, of course. I, I, I'll get you that $20 later. Um, <laughs> no, the user conference is actually something born about six years ago, five years ago, um, and this will be our sixth year running. And it started really for the digital marketers that use the influence marketing platform to send email initially, right? Now the platform encompasses email social media, surveys, online forms and landing pages, things like that. And so the conference really has become an education seminar that really any digital marketer can come to. And about two years ago, we opened it up to the public and said even the public can register to attend. It's a full-day conference. Um, We're actually changing venues this year. We're going to go to the the newer and larger gallery event space at 14th and Main downtown. And truly, the, the idea is... Up front, we're going to announce new features in the platform for those people in the audience that are are our users. Then the rest of the day really falls under um, strategy and education, trends in the industry for email and social and surveys, and then case studies. You know, some of our best stories are the clients that use our platform to do really smart things, whether we're telling them to do them or not. You know, if if it's their idea or our idea, they can get up and talk about about their best their best cases. And our our lunch keynote this year, I'm actually really excited about, is going to be the launch of. Hallmark Baby. So how this Hallmark, beloved Hallmark brand, launched an, a baby clothing line exclusively through digital marketing. They, they didn't use any traditional marketing. Um, and it's just a cool story. You know, they did their research. They knew they needed something that was fast moving, that they could learn from with every ad or every email or every social media post. So that's, one, that's the one I'm, maybe I'm most looking forward to. So. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be a very exciting event. I plan to be there, and yeah. I've been to some of the previous ones. So uh, something that you said, there's there's obviously new things that you're going to be rolling out on your own platforms to share with uh, your current clients, but you don't have to be a current client to attend because there's going to be so much best practice and trend and uh, case study types of information that anybody can really 
uh, walk away from that with a lot of new things to implement in their own marketing campaigns. So if you're interested in attending, and that's right here in Kansas City, uh, if you're interested in attending, how would they go about registering for that, Jessica? They go straight to our, our website, mfluence, and that's E-M as in email, aren't we clever, fluence.com, uh, and, and there's a banner on the homepage that will take you straight through to the registration page. There's a full agenda there, so um, from some of the legal stuff that we're talking about, actually trends in legal in, in Canada are a big thing right now. <laughs> so we've got a, a legal expert, we've got an Ask a Lawyer segment in there, uh, we've got Hallmark Baby, uh, Community America Credit Union is going to talk about their onboarding process, so using automation and data about your new customers to really welcome them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, there's something for everybody there, and, and we've had a lot of really great feedback even from those who aren't current users of the Influence platform. So. Yeah, well, Jessica, thank you so much for your time today, and I'll look forward to seeing you um, at the conference. Again, Influence.com, E-M-L, E-M-F-L-U-E-N-C-E.com if you'd like to register. And uh, just very much appreciate all of your insights today. Thanks very much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Twitter at IThinkBigger or join our Facebook group, Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.